Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Tech Swamp. Of course, we have our hosts and your friendly neighborhood membership team here today. Hey, Caitlin. What up? You know, just membership chilling. Chilling. And of course, this is Alex. Today, we're doing a quick debrief of what went down at last week's SEPCON. But first, we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. This tech history is a little different than usual. We're paying homage to Nobel Prize winning physicist and inventor Jarez Ofulov, who passed away earlier this month. Ofulov is responsible for developing a new form of semiconductor that was vital to the internet, cell phones, and laser technology, among other things. Dr. Ofulov also served in Russian parliament and said his aim serving was to protect science. Without his contributions to science and society, the internet that we know today may not exist. For, so for that, we say thank you. And that's all for Tech History. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in D.C. Caitlin, what are some of the top tech headlines? Earlier this week, special counsel Robert Mueller released his final report following a nearly two-year probe surrounding the president's involvement with Russia during the 2016 election. Generally speaking, the report did not find that the president conspired with the Russian government to influence the 2016 presidential election. But Attorney General William Barr said in a letter to congressional leaders that, quote, the special counsel states that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. In that same letter, Barr hit on a top tech takeaway. TM. (laughs) regarding regarding Russian trolls saying the IRA uh, internet research agency Russian troll farm sought to stoke divisions in the US through several disinformation campaigns on social media and they did that on their own speaking of the president President Trump just announced his first ever nominee for the country's CTO to be Michael Kratzios Kratzios previously served as deputy U.S. CTO and deputy assistant to the president at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy since January 2017. Since his involvement in the Trump administration, Kratzios has worked to advance the government's role in developing 5G wireless networks, artificial intelligence, and quantum information science. Moving on to privacy. I know I said this last time, (laughs) but Facebook is at it again. They are. This time with irresponsible and dangerous methods of saving users' login information. And because this is a podcast and you couldn't see me (laughs) do the air quotes, saving (laughs) was an air quotes because that info was being stored in plain text on internal company servers that 20,000 employees had access to. It's just a few. Just a few. And it was searchable. (laughs) Reports are saying that anywhere from 200 to 600 million users were affected across Facebook, Facebook Lite, and Instagram. This latest drama follows several security incidents, as well as a U.S. criminal investigation related to Facebook's abuse of user data. The U.S. International Trade Commission is scheduled to release key decisions today, uh, March 26th, in a lengthy battle over patent royalties between Qualcomm and Apple. The long-time legal battle surrounding the race to 5G technology for mobile phones and other connected devices could have downstream effects for companies of all sizes across the U.S. If the commission rules in Qualcomm's favor, Apple would likely face major restrictions on its ability to import and sell the newest iPhones in the U.S. For more information on this issue, including our most recent episode of TechSwamp, The Deep End, on the FTC uh, versus Qualcomm case and what it could mean for app developers, head over to our show notes. And before we sign off what's brewing, Apple hosted their spring event and had several big announcements. What? We're going to hit the highlights. So first, they launched Apple TV+, 
which is a video streaming service that will feature Apple-produced content. They also introduced Apple News Plus, a $9.99 tiered version of the Apple News app. Apple News Plus will include access to news outlets like the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, and over 300 magazines. Apple also joined the financial services industry with the introduction of Apple Card in partnership with Goldman Sachs. Apple Card is a credit card that can track spending by category and uses Apple Maps to give users a very detailed transaction history. And that's all for What's Brewing. Today we're sitting down with friend of the pod, Ashley, for a quick debrief of the 2019 Patents and Telecoms and the Internet of Things, a.k.a. SEPCON. Hey, Ash. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me once again. So let's dive in. Uh, first of all, what was SEPCON, also known as Symposium, <laughs> and uh, what what did we do? Why did we do it? So we've talked about this a couple times on this podcast, it's and if you listen to the most recent episode of Tech Swamp, you'd be super knowledgeable about the, what the word SEP means. So true. So SEP stands for Standard Essential Patents, and we got together a big group of people from academia, practitioners, think tanks, our ACT members, and more to come in for a one-day workshop to really discuss the state of SEPs and what's going on, particularly when we talk about connected devices. And first, where we are, we've got a great opening panel featuring some of the biggest heavy hitters in the SEP world, and it was really awesome to hear them all kind of debate where everything has been. There were also great bow ties. A lot of good bow ties. Good bow ties. And (laughs) it was funny because we were saying at staff meeting, like, they they were disagreeing with each other about some things, which is fine, and that's why we have the conversations. But it was the most polite, like, excuse me, sir, I I hear what you're saying, but I I think it might be like this. It was was really lovely to listen to. Agreed. Right. And they kind of set the stage for it, talking about both the technical things you need to know about standards, how they get in, become a standard, all of those things, plus the court cases and the legal implications that we're looking at. Um, In the rest of our panels, we talked about some specific use cases, like in smartphones, had a really cool panel about sort of what the future is, being autos, and as somebody who once worked in the world of self-driving cars. I was on the edge of my seat for that panel because (laughs) I thought it was really awesome. Um, And the other great thing about this is everyone was super engaged on Twitter. So if you want to go back and see some good play-by-play and commentary about what we were talking about, log on to Twitter and follow the hashtag SEPCon or SEPCon. But we've got some really great things that we had in these panels. Do you have a favorite pun from the first panel? Do I have a favorite pun from the first panel? No, I don't. I think my favorite thing was just, it felt like McLaughlin Group. Because uh, <laughs> I like that. Tim Burris, the moderator who from uh, Sidley Austin, was, who was amazing. And it was like he threw out a topic and everyone talked about it and then he threw out the next topic so it was really kind of like round robin but there were a million puns with the friend concept Mm -hmm. very reasonable and non-discriminatory which is really important 
with standard essential patent issues, and especially in the technical and legal negotiation of those contracts. So there was a lot of Frand puns, getting Mm -hmm. friendly, all those kind of good things. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring up Frand because um, our members were here, and obviously sort of those terms, the Frand terms, really matter to small businesses in this space. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And our, you know, I really loved our member panel first. Uh, Shoutouts to Emily from Motion Mobs, Chris from Segal Studios, and Jed from Bad VR because guys were amazing and also our own brian scarpelli who put that panel together and was really responsible for all the content that we had at sepcon brian did an amazing job kind of giving an overview but what i really liked about our members is all the panels were great but you know when you're talking about it in this very high legal level and you're talking to economists and people who are really thinking about this and we're throwing around terms like antitrust, rights holder, and all those things, you kind of lose the what the actual impact is. So mm-hmm. it was so great to have our members there as the people that are actually in this sit down and say, this is something that if it goes wrong, changes my entire business model. Absolutely. And in particular for our members, you know, what I thought was really great is they're all involved on, of course, the app and sort of software side, which does and doesn't depend on standards. (laughs) I mean, if you're working with any kind of connected device, smartphone, a drone, uh, a connected refrigerator, all of those things depend on standards to happen. So let's say like I'm Emily at Motion Mobs. And someone has contacted me to make the app for their drone. And they've got standards in their drones, but it's caught up in a legal battle because of the way the licensing agreement is. That puts Emily's work as a software developer on hold too. Absolutely. So we we like to give it the term downstream effects. So you see everyone along sort of this product line how they're impacted by that and then the auto panel that we had also looked at that in a different way and it was great to hear our members really say look at me i'm the impact when people don't license on fran terms and getting caught up in costly court battles and never mind if they're in a someone who wants to use a standard if any of them want to develop a connected device mm-hmm. It is very difficult to get into a long, protracted legal battle when you're a small business. Yeah. Because I think we talk a lot about SEPs and FRAND issues, and we're talking about these large companies like Qualcomm and Apple, but we're AC the App Association, and our focus is on our member companies that are small to medium-sized businesses. And, And Jad said on his panel, like, we're a scrappy startup, 10 people in LA, and our business wants to play by the rules and depends on fair access to SEPs. It's important that the access is there, and that's so true, not only the access to these mm-hmm. these technologies, but also think about the resources that a 10-person startup has. They can't, they don't have endless supplies of lawyers mm-hmm. and legal teams the way that these larger companies have. So it it's something I think that Jad and Chris and Emily all brought up is like, 
have the small business voice at the table negotiating these Fran terms. Yeah. It's important to have those voices in these conversations because, you know, without the little guys, what are we going to do? I mean, you, that's <laughs> the little guys need a chance to be a big guy. Right. And that's, I think, one of the things that I really took away from this discussion on SEPs writ large and why Fran commitments are so important. They put people on equal footing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's sort of this honored protection that we are both coming to the table in good faith to negotiate the use of this standard. And it doesn't matter who we are, where we're coming from, because we both agreed to these terms, we're going to make sure it's fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory, which is my favorite chant in the world now. (laughs) (laughs) But what often happens is when it moves from the technical negotiation into the legal negotiation and how we're going to pay for these things, that's where you get a lot of people like mustache twirling and tying small business innovators (laughs) to the tracks like an old-timey villain. Because they have the... And these are court battles that take years. Yeah. And... A year in the life of a small business developer, that turns into product lines being canceled and business that they lose either through partners or directly. Yeah, I thought that that was sort of a great theme that emerged throughout the day was Mm -hmm. sort of that like innovation is going to rely on this. And for us, us as users of technology to get what we want out of technology too, like it's all going to depend on these sort of steps being licensed uh, in friendly ways. Yeah. Right. And that's something uh-huh. that Chris said that I think is, is a great way to kind of close out the discussion about why this impacts app developers in particular is he said the platforms and mobile phones that we have that are transforming the world, they don't exist without content. And content on them doesn't exist without the hardware. So it's truly the, like... 2010s version of if a tree falls in a forest. I mean, if a smartphone cannot connect to a 5G network, yeah. can you really browse BuzzFeed at all? Is it uh, is it really a smartphone? Right. Can you use your apps? If I can't, I'm throwing my phone away. Sorry. Right? <laughs> Send a so pigeon. we're really excited. We had a great turnout. And we also had an amazing keynote in uh, Federal Trade Commissioner Noah Joshua Phillips. He came in and schooled me on where the term royalties came from. Yeah. I did not know that it was actually a decree from a monarch. Yeah. That was a very fun fact. I felt like my brain was just exploded, and then I felt incredibly stupid for not knowing that. (laughs) This feels like a fact that we should include. That was his random identifier. It was. (laughs) And he was fantastic. We're really thankful to Commissioner Phillips and his staff for coming. And this was our first one. I don't think it's going to be the last one. (laughs) And now it's time for our random identifier. Ashley, since you're the guest, you're up first. What do you have for us? Speaking of us. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So I saw Us on Saturday, the new Jordan Peele movie that has been everywhere. And this will be spoiler free, so don't worry. Okay. Can I get spoilers later? (laughs) Of course. If you were also like me and you need to know, because you don't like to be caught by surprise. That's pretty much how I feel. Um. This is something I want to talk about, though, in the movie, because it came up today on Vulture in an article by Hunter Harris. Okay. 
this isn't spoiling anything. It's very clear from the commercials. But the <laughs> doppelgangers that come after Lupita Nyong'o and family, I want to talk about their footwear. Okay. <laughs> they are wearing very strappy gladiator-style sandals. They're really? sort of a blend between, like, a gladiator and a Tiva. Tiva, yeah. They have what? sort of, like, this ergonomic kind of bottom. And now, coveralls <laughs> make sense for some kind of killing spree. Yeah, totally. But when Open you're engaging shoes. in combat with large scissors yeah. and other objects, are open-toed shoes truly the okay. shoe that you want to be wearing? What about a sneaker? Right. Or a boot? A steel toe. Like a yeah, steel toe is like the preferred. Like, I don't I think very weird a sandal is like OSHA compliant for like no creepy people way. in a horror movie. No way. But I have to ask an important <laughs> question, which is that because there are women doppelgangers, mm-hmm. were their toes done? I did not see oh. if the toes were done. This would be a thing that I would be very curious but about. Everyone was in the sandals. All like of not them. all of them. Men, women, Men, women, children. children. Same sandals? Yes. So these were like issued. Yeah. Um, they definitely, as Caitlin and I talked about, gave me definite Yeezy season vibes. Yes. Oh my god. So I Kanye. think Kanye will knock these off pretty he quickly. Totally will. <laughs> I wonder though if they were like for optimum like ninja sneaking. Like maybe that's why they're like particularly quiet shoes, whereas like a steel toed boot can be very loud mm. depending on your terrain. So like perhaps these allow for for extra sneakage. Like, there's a lot to ponder. It's creepier. There's a lot to ponder in Us. It's got a lot of layers. Much like Get Out. Right. Just just (laughs) like Get Out did. It has repeated viewings for Easter eggs. But the thing I will be pondering forever are are those sandals. And I definitely think this is also going to be like the Halloween costume because Uh, it's so easy. Everyone's going to get red coveralls Mm -hmm. and giant gold scissors. Right. But. You know, check yourself before you wreck yourself with those open-toe sandals. Yeah, no way you're not going to lose a toe. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, this actually dovetails sort of well into my random identifier because I, um, my roommate is sort of obsessed with true crime, um, and there's a documentary um, on HBO called uh, Mommy Dead, Mommy Dearest, which is about this mother who had Munier's, is that how I say it? Munier's syndrome? Munchausen. Munchausen. That's right. Munier's is like an actual, (laughs) I mean, so was that, but anyway, um, (laughs) never mind. Anyway, so, um, and then her daughter who eventually, um, works with someone to murder her mother. And now there is sort of a dramatized version of it on Hulu called The Act. First of all, it's fantastic. Second of all, I would like to start right now the campaign for Patricia Arquette and Joey King for their Emmys and Golden Globes and all Mm -hmm. things, because they are fantastic in the show, but also it is so painfully sinister. Like, I cannot watch it without feeling very tense, but also, like, they fill in the blanks, which I imagine is some of the fictionalized stuff. But, like, this story is so wild. Like, this is basically a mother who, like, this girl had a feeding tube, didn't need it. She was, like, told... That she was allergic to sugar and would die if she, she ate it. She couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. She couldn't walk, yeah. but she could. But she could. But she could. I watched this movie around Christmas time with my, the documentary around Christmas <laughs> time with my dad, and he was like, why are, why are you watching this at Christmas? Like, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah I watched it uh, with my best friend, who is my true crime partner in crime, yeah. and <laughs> very excited to dive into the act now. Oh, it's so good. It's so, we watched the first two episodes, and, like, they're great. But And they're also doing it weekly. Which for me is great because I get like a little bit of breathing room mm-hmm. between them because like they're very tense. You just like the yeah. whole time. And the way that they've structured the show is really interesting because like from the onset you do know. Well, obviously we all know, but 
from the onset, you know that the mother is no longer living. Um, it's fascinating. It's so, so interesting. Weird. And they talk more about the community they were living in at the time. It's like, it's, it can't, can't speak highly enough about it. It's really great. Um, Caitlin, do you have something more uplifting for us? Say, mine is like super cute and fun. Um, so yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Hey, Happy birthday. Yeah. I'm old. And um, I went for happy hour with some of my friends um, at this uh, bar by the Capital One Arena. And there was a woman there who, she was, I don't know, she was like a regular lady is what I'll call her. All right. A cool and mom? A cool mom. Not a regular mom. Well, she turned cool out to be mom. a super cool mom <laughs> because, like, the bartender was kind of being loud. And my friend was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's her birthday, talking about me. And then the mom was like oh my gosh, it's your birthday? It's my daughter's birthday today, too. She's actually on her way to meet me here. And I'm like, great. Like, how old's your daughter turning? This is exciting. And she was like, nine. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. And apparently, well, not apparently, Ariana Grande was here last night for a concert in D.C. So this mom surprised her daughter with Ariana Grande tickets, but then also took she and her friend to the bar beforehand, which, like, I would have thought that was super cool. I would have, like, you couldn't have told me anything on that day. Like, yeah, an adult eating establishment where there is not a kid's menu. And they ordered Shirley Temples. It was so cute. They sat at the bar and had Shirley Temples. It was just, like... I just, like, was so happy for them. Yeah. And I haven't mm-hmm. felt, like, happy for someone else like that that I don't know in yeah. a very long time. So yeah. it, was, it was a nice a nice way to, to celebrate my day. I love that. <laughs> it was cute. That, that's a good way to end <laughs> Okay, guys, that's it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And, of course, we want to give a shout-out to Brad Goodall, who composed uh, the podcast Awesome Music. Shout-out. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> and, of course, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And please rate and review. Please. Five stars. That's all for today, folks. Everyone say bye. Bye. bye.